they didn't report it because she understands him. And she also believes that he didn't commit the murders. They're worried about the other brother. You know what that is? That is an interesting component to it because it's like she knows at that point, and, and that's when it gets kind of confusing because at that point, the 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 voiceover you know alludes to the fact that the uh, that Doctor Berman knows that Todd didn't do it. So yeah, I mean maybe maybe logically she was like he didn't do it. So we're just coming after him, and we don't want to make it a situation. But I, I don't. I feel like if someone escapes, and yeah, I still, I'd be, yeah, that I means someone's got to know. Someone's got to know. Uh, I still think that was kind of reckless on her part. But that's beside the fact. I, I just, I just thought the uh, the uh, the police should be involved. But I think her character is, you know, kind of there to sort of be like an extra asset to the mental institution, and to be the person that comes after them, and have sort of that chase dynamic there, and have sort of that maybe that homage to Halloween and she does give you know the psychological exposition which I think is kind of interesting when you know get into Todd a little bit and like what he's experiencing and we'll talk about that but she is there to sort of uh you know prop that up which I think some of that stuff is pretty interesting um but uh but yeah I mean is there anything else that you need to say about her or she there's just not a lot like she was forced in there I mean, there's just not much to say about her. And she dies very quickly. Again, with moving body parts. <laughs> well, let's talk about that. <laughs> um, I say all that I, I, I... So I just said, hell yes. Not because I'm happy about her dying. I'm just saying this is such a rad effect. I, 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 I just, just... And the thing is, we don't see it happen. We just see the camera, the POV, ambush her, and the aftermath of her body is cut in two, um, which is sick nasty. Um, which with the voiceover, you're like, oh, she's going to be here a while. Yeah, you do. She does have sort of that 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 character weight that would make you think that she would stay, which I kind of feel like they probably should have kept her as a part of it, but they used her as fodder instead, which is why we're talking about her so early. Um, but uh, but yeah, um, that that is probably the sequence for me when it comes to sort of a testament to the to the to the just the level of mastery uh, for uh you know makeup and special effects for this movie just the fact that you know she's just sort of lying there it it it, it is crazy to think you know to see the moving body parts and stuff but just there's just something so unsettling about seeing just how you know our torso up and she's kind of just like sitting there flailing and just sort of like you could t- just such a terrifying thing to think about but it's just such a brutal brutal death that you don't see and it's just another one of those just implied deaths that it's 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 just it's crazy it's gruesome it is gruesome it is very gruesome and and that is one of my i guess i was gonna wait but that's one of the really interesting things about this movie that it's sort of a lot of aspects of of slashers is sort of showing the method of the slashing this one really gives you the aftermath of it and makes it so gruesome that it, it it leaves you know the implying up to the imagination of the viewer, which I think is a really interesting way to go about you know carrying out these these kill scenes or whatnot. But um, but yeah, with her body cut in two and and just her leg kind of sitting there, sort of like twitching and stuff like that, and then the whole Todd coming back and like literally putting her back together. Oh gosh, that's brutal. <laughs> Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's Dr. Berman. I mean, she has definitely a top three death in this movie, if not the best. Um, we can sort of talk about that later on, but, uh, but yeah, 
we uh, we don't see it happen, but that aftermath is just absolutely brutal and terrifying. Completely agreed. Well, do you have anything else to say about Dr. Berman? I, I think we've about wrapped her up. Okay. So long, Dr. Berman. R.I.P. Now, so we're going to get to the portion of the film that's a little interesting. Um, this is that that sequence that takes place in the uh, the apartment that Andrea is babysitting for. Um, so we're going to move on to our next kill, Bill, uh. played by Ed French. The film's special effects. And oh, make- okay. The nerdy looking guy? <laughs> the nerdy looking guy. Um, so we have yet again another double duty appearance in this film between Bill and uh, the special effects artist. Um, so Ed steps into this role and, uh, you know, we talked about Ed earlier on, which is some of the stuff that he's been in. And obviously we're talking about these kills and just how much we freaking love them. Well, at least I do. I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> Um, but, uh, Bill, he plays an extremely awkward rich man. Um, but he looks like John Cryer, you know, from two and a half men. That's why I, I, I can't, John I kept, Cryer, huh? yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I said he looked like the guy from freaking freaks and geeks. I, I can't remember the guy's name, but yeah. I can't either. I've seen a few episodes of that. That series. All I can't play. Uh, yeah. It, it, it was such a strange character. I wonder if that was like direction or was it literally just John saying, Hey, we need you for this role. Do, do double duty. You're playing a rich man. Make it interesting. Because it's just so offbeat. It's so awkward. He's playing like this, like, like, uh, this sort of like awkward man child type where he like curls up when, but he's, I, I don't know. He's gone and had this lovely night with this girl and she seems interested. But then again, she's interested because of the money. The, and the mother makes it known that she is interested in the money yeah it's it's very strange i i just thought that was interesting because like even if he wasn't weird or just like sort of like strange and almost like repulsed by the idea of like sexual activity with her i don't i don't know um maybe that's just an interesting uh uh, uh development and depth to his character which i appreciate it makes it more interesting yeah these characters that are making these choices i will say they may not make a lot of sense but they do make it engaging for sure. Yeah. There's not a time where you're like completely taken out of the movie because of a character choice. No, 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 not at all. Um, and I think I, it is commendable or yeah, commendable for that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I love the fact that we've got people playing double duty. It's like, it's like a freaking college play, like a production here. It's just so, it's so as student written which, all over, but. which really is a draw to horror in general. It's just a film where the script doesn't necessarily have to make the most sense. You don't have to have the biggest budget. The main things are you stick to the the protocol, you know, like your your typical elements, and then you uh, you have interesting visual effects, and you know, it, you just stick to it, and it it typically works. People yeah. are interested. For I, yeah, I think that's a great point because I think that for all the places that this film mess maybe messes up or or just drifts into like off the wall, bizarre, just unhuman territory. Yeah, it's a testament to just the slasher genre, and if you do uphold these these signature key elements of it, you can still make it work. And that's something that's so cool about a movie like this. Which, if this was like a a like a drama, or if this was just like any other genre, it just wouldn't work because no. it just doesn't have enough pieces. But there's just something there that just sort of was like a perfect storm of a lot of different things. But yeah, I think that's a really good point. Good job, Isaiah. Good job. Um, 
But yeah, I think uh, yeah, it's 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 horror definitely, especially the slashers. They definitely give you sort of that opportunity where you have other things going for you, and if you can get those other th- areas right, and maybe you know not so much other areas, but this is definitely a perfect example of that, and just making sort of this bizarre sort of lovable film, at least from my from where I'm coming. I'm not putting words in your mouth, but uh, but yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, Bill. Do you remember his death? Not particularly. It it's another instance where you don't see it. I oh, he answers the door. Yep, Terry comes, knocks, and him. and you don't see it, and you don't. Yeah, you see the aftermath. Yep, she discovers discovers. Yeah, another situation where the aftermath is shown, and it's a you know the the kill is implied, but not directly like explained. So yeah, you see the dangling head. In, wrapped in like the, the 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 wiring and the electrical wiring which i think is a great visual it looks like his head it's gruesome it's gruesome it looks realistic it doesn't look hokey and i mean this is 1983 and i mean i mean this is not like this is not like the stone age for for effects but i mean it's also not but like compared to like a film like uh evil dead i, I don't know when that came out but um that would have been 81 81 uh i mean the effects like it's gross but it like doesn't feel real you know uh, but this kind of, it works more so. It's not just like for the fact that it, it it's over the top. It's just, it kind of works. Yeah. Evil Dead is one of those situations where, yeah, God, I, I won't even get into that. It's, it's, yeah, that's a, that is a, that is a crazy movie, but yeah, no, I definitely agree. Um, it's, it's, it's just, it, there's just a uh, a prestige here that I'm I'm just I'm just really I'm just really loving it. But yeah, he, she opens the door. Um, she is Julie, I should say. Julie opens the door. She sees his dangling head there, and then of course, scared. Obviously, I mean, I would be too. Um, but um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's Bill. I I love that he has such a good. Uh, uh, I love that he has such a good uh, uh, effect kill. I guess you know. Yeah, he wasn't. I mean, gonna, it's fitting. It is very fitting. He wasn't going to make his kill lame, you know. Um, but uh, but yeah, that 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 is, that is really cool. Um, but yeah, anything else you want to contribute? He's a short-lived character <laughs> in a lot of different ways. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's definitely he's a, he's a, he's a bizarro guy. But uh, but yeah. Rest in peace, Bill. On to the next one. Oh gosh, this is going to be a short stay. I, I mean, maybe. I mean, I'm I, uh, Julie, who's his his the the a, a horn dog of a uh, uh, gold digger. Yeah, I mean, you know what? Maybe maybe you put, we're putting something here. So I think that Brad and yeah. Julie would have made a good couple. They're both horny. Brad probably has a lot of money because, you know, he's a man. Well, I don't know if he has a lot of money, but he's a manager of this apartment complex. And, you know, she he's he's horny and she's, well, <laughs> I think she's horny for money. Yeah, she could have just been playing that all for the, the money. I think that they definitely could have satisfied both both interests there, she and Brad. But, uh, but yeah, uh, Julie is played by uh, Jane Benson. Um, Benson didn't do much after this film. That's a note that I have. Um, she's an opportunist. She's looking for a sugar daddy. And uh, you know what? I would do the same thing. So um, I, I, I say, you go, girl. You didn't deserve to die the way that you did. Yeah, I, I don't know how happy you would have been in the long run. I, I, I don't think he really liked you that much. Um, but, uh, but she had another off-screen death. Another off-screen death, yet again. So what's that's like the fourth 
the fourth one. Do you remember? Do you remember that sequence where you don't? You, he basically she runs back into the house, and then Terry comes out of the room and like puts the kimono or the the robe on her for it, and then it just cuts. You do not see her again until Karen's chase sequence in the very end when she runs into the apartment. She gets the baby and she sees Julie sitting in the chair, and Terry has the no, machete. Just, he's pulling it out. Yep, has it lodged in her in her chest? Um, which I thought was another great visual. Yeah. Like, Literally, the thing is lodged in her chest, and you pull it out, and um, yeah, it's it's uh, I, just thinking about getting stabbed like right through the heart, and that's pretty much how she died. Was that is just absolutely brutal, and I hate it, and I don't want to think about it too much. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, that that's Julie. She uh, she's kind of there to have the baby that Karen grabs in the end, and to kind of just be extra fodder. Yeah, there's not not much to say about her. Not much to say about her uh, at, at all, really, but uh, I guess that, that means you don't have much else to say. <laughs> nope. Okay. All right. Well, we'll move on. Um, oh, yes. Here we go. Chad Montgomery. Chad. He wasn't, a, he wasn't an actor in the... Or he, he was an actor, but he played a character in the movie. One of my favorite characters. I'm, not, I'm, I'm kidding, but he played Greg. Greg. With two Gs. Which is... <laughs> So I've never seen a Greg with two G's. He, you haven't? No, I've seen that spelling before. Really? Yeah, I think so. What? What is the extra G there for? Uh, just the mother that's like, oh, let's make it unique. Let's have that extra G. <laughs> just call him something else. No. <laughs> they like the name Greg. Jeez. I, I, I don't know. That, that, that That's hilarious to it, me. It's been spelled that way before, but yeah. it's. I mean, it's like uh, spelling Isaiah without an A, you know? Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have not seen that before, but uh, but yeah. So Greg with two G's played by Chad Montgomery. Um, <laughs> I I I looked into his career a little bit, and it's really really fascinating to an extent. So he really spaced out his career. He has three screen credits, including this movie, um, three acting, one from Blood Rage, nineteen eighty seven, one from Jimmy's Got Time, nineteen ninety nine. So, 12-year difference there. Well, when you incorporate the four years, that would be 16. Um, and one from Broken Leg in 2014. So, he's got about 12 to 15-year differences there in, in the release of his film. So, if we're lucky, he'll be back as early as 2028. His <laughs> <laughs> maybe it, he knows just knows somebody in the industry. Or, like, maybe he's married to somebody in the industry. I don't know. It's very unique and interesting. I can't wait to see him back in the late, when, you know, when we're in our 30s. Uh, but that's old Chad Montgomery. Now let's talk about Greg. Um, you want to talk about Horn Dogs? He's he's a jokester. He's the jokester and the Horn Dog wrapped into one. Do you remember him much? Yeah, I, I remember him. He he was the one of the friends that just like was interested in the the babysitter. You know, he was interested in Andrea, and he ended up being successful with her. Oh yeah, very, very successful. Very successful. Um, so I I, I don't have a lot written on him i mean he kind of is that just he's the the if there is a jock s character he's the one um he is kind of a jokester he and andrea do that very elaborate you know makeup joke um and uh i do have a note that he's he's always prepared for tennis he has a completely different tennis outfit maybe yeah. he keeps it in the car or that whatnot interesting. yeah i mean he comes out i 100 percent thought when he said she wants to play tennis. I thought he meant sex. <laughs> well, I mean, they did do a little bit of that too. But I, I mean, yeah, but they they really meant tennis for a little bit, though. I love it. I love it. I love some some tennis players. Um, Which, so 
he wasn't that great at either. He <laughs> knocked it over the. <laughs> these these two individuals clearly don't know how to play tennis. Yes. Um, but he's doing that thing where he's like making fun or poking at the girl for not knowing how, but he sucks. So, but yeah, Greg, I mean, he's successful. <clears throat> I'm keeping those in, you know, cause we got the drinking going on. I mean, who cares? You guys want to know it's the real deal. Um, but, um, yeah, he, uh, he's got, uh, he eventually comes into contact with Andrea. I think Andrea is searching for Greg, but she was looking in the wrong place initially with Terry. I think she was just, she said she likes to party and she likes to, you know, she's just looking for anybody, looking for attention. She definitely is. That is definitely there and that is definitely evident. Um, She ended up with Greg with two G's and I think that as her, that is her, you know, we'll get to her. But Greg, you know, Greg got with the girl. He played a little bit of tennis. He had a little bit of fun. Uh, You know, we can, you know, his death. Do you remember his death? The pool, right? Yeah, one half of the cranberry juice in our in our in our uh, in our uh, Shadow Woods pool boy. He's he's one of the contributors. He takes his machete to the throat, slices his throat mid coitus, um, <laughs> uh, then gets thrown in the pool. Which I think is 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 a, I will say this: this is a, a double yikes because there if there's one thing I I absolutely hate, it's if someone pushes me in the pool. So if you're gonna slice my neck, you're gonna have the audacity to slice my neck. One and then push me in the pool. I don't think he was worried about the pool at that point. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm still pissed off. <laughs> I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna haunt his ass. Um, but yeah, I mean, you don't really see it. You just see like the him yep. them. They're on the board. He slashes. He pushes him in the water, and pretty much you see the uh, the blood cloud in the water, and that's a pretty cool effect, I think. Yeah, for sure. Pretty iconic. Greg, do you have anything else to say about him? Greg is Greg. He he's a jock that is looking for a good time. Well, I would agree with you, and I would also say that Artie, his counterpart, also falls in that same boat. The the other friend. The other friend. Yeah. Literally, that's him. Um, so I'm cheating here, and I'm not going in the order that they have been killed. We are we are we are going off the beaten path here. These dudes are cut from the same the same jock strap. Yeah. All right. They, he's a little nerdier, though. He's a little nerdier. I think he's a little more endearing, but they look similar. They they have similar sensibilities, and I don't think that they have much of... Uh, they don't have many distinguishing factors between the two of them. Um, so is it okay if we go to Artie, knock these two? Well, let's go go for it. I like the name Artie. Um, he's played by James Farrell. Um, Farrell's had some minor success in television since Blood Rage. Um, he played band member number three in The Sopranos. Oh, I, I, which, which makes sense because I wrote, he got to He's got to be a Jersey man. He's, <laughs> he, he has, I, I think I, there has to be some ties to Jersey because you know, the interior shots of the drive-in, uh, he's just, God, he's, he, he's just, he's just, I'm trying to remember, I should have written down what he said, but he's always like, uh, uh, oh man, what does he say here in the end? He, uh, 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 <laughs> Here's a good example when uh, when Todd comes up in the back seat and holds up a gut boy, he goes, "Oh God, you're Terry's crazy brother," <laughs> and he carries that throughout the entire the entire movie. But yeah, he's just got this Jersey accent; it's so lovable. Um, but uh, but per carrying, he's got a few good years on that puss of his. <laughs> uh, a few good years left. He um, is friend zoned hard. <laughs> think he's friend zoned uh, we'll, we'll, so okay let's talk about that for a second so yeah 
Yeah, so he and Greg are kind of cut. You know, they're 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 very similar. Um, I think, like you said, he's a little more nerdier. I think he's a little more kind and respectful than Greg For is. Sure. Um, but uh, he's a good friend to Karen, and I guess you feel that he has something for her. Oh no, everyone. Yeah, it's pretty obvious that he has something for her. Well, the thing is, the thing that I will say about that is the only, you know, she does, you know, say something along the lines of, you know, you're my best friend. Can you do this for me? And the thing is, the way he reacts, he does not react in a way where he feels disappointed or let down. Regardless, if you were in this situation, you were a man and you're expecting, you know, a relationship with a woman, you should not be, you should not be upset regardless it's a very dumb thing to do. The whole idea of the friend zone is, oh is, yeah, 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 it's. I agree. I just in, yeah, in terms that 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 would be what people would say is that, he was friend zoned. Yeah, they would absolutely say that he was friend zoned. Um, but uh, but yeah, he he reacts in a way where he's not very disappointed, and where he like plays does this like oh this whole scary thing. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he has this nerdy likability to him. He and Greg play that video game. They really like the video game. You get the sense that he and Karen are developing something, but you, you say he's not disappointed, but when Terry shows up, he seems very disappointed. I will. Yeah. So there, there is that point in the end when Terry comes up and he's like, you know, you're, you're some guy Simmons. I think he definitely has some disdain for Terry. For Uh, sure. And I think at the end of the day, he probably wishes he could be with Karen. Yeah. She should probably be with Artie. I mean, yeah. I mean, has has Karen seen this movie? <laughs> that's that's all I'm going to say about that. But I uh, also wrote that tackle on Terry, though. <laughs> Terry scares uh, Karen. He grabs her feet, and then he runs after them. He's like, it was just a prank. And then, like, Artie, like, like it's so, it's so, like, such a such a movie tackle. He just kind of grabs him and like, like just kind of tosses him a little bit and throws him down. He's like, Whoa, Whoa. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't have a lot more than that. And he kind of is sort of this, this, he, he wishes he could be on a more, um, more emotional level with Karen. I think she does not feel that way. She is very interested in dead set on Terry and he kind of has, you know, the same, uh, the same sensibilities of, of Greg, but maybe a little more endearing, um, and then, yeah, oh, my God, you're Terry's crazy brother. <laughs> the the fun accent, yeah. So it's fun. definitely there. He's he's more memorable, memorable than Greg to me. Oh, for sure. Greg um, is very one-sided. Yeah. 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 Death, do you remember his death? Yeah, he's uh, at the bridge. Uh, the, the nature walk. The fort. Yeah, he takes the grill fort to the yep. jugular. Yep. Which is not the greatest effect, but it does have a nice like squirting blood effect when he's coming. I mean, out. that's a gruesome death. It is a very gruesome death. I like the way they cut it. So like as soon as he like swings the fork into his neck, like it cuts to his feet and they like, you know, they they like clinch up and stuff and it's like really effective. Every, there's not a there's not a kill in this movie that really lets you down. Oh no. It it shows just enough. Just enough. Yeah, and I think that that is that is very perfect. Um but uh, but yeah, he takes uh, takes the old grill fork to the jugu- jugular, and uh, he died a he died a very very uncomfortable death. No, poor guy, poor Artie. Um, anything else? Yeah, he's uh, pretty sums him up. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's move on to the woman of the hour, Andrea. Mm. <laughs> Played by Lisa Randall. Um, this is Randall's only screen credit. Oh, okay. she was in nothing else. So she was the babysitter slash Greg's girl slash uh, uh, Terry's suitor slash diving board. 
love maker. I don't know. Um, so she's new to the apartment complex. Um, she she acclimates pretty fast. Well, I mean, it, it's just she likes to party and she's just trying to meet somebody. You know, she's just looking for attention. She's definitely that town. person. Yep. That I am not in that she definitely could in in she could go anywhere and insert herself and like become popular and become like acquainted with the friend group and um I think she could she could you know sort of you know really gel with them and I think that's a likability uh factor to her that I think is interesting um but I mean yeah she acclimates pretty fast she has a babysitting gig becomes a member of the quartet pretty pretty quickly um and, and falls in love with Greg she was looking for anybody at that point I she feel called- like- I, she she is, but I will also say she like calls him honey. She was ready to move fast, and I mean, her main attract like thing that she was trying to draw people in. It's like, oh, come to my, come hang out with me. I got all the alcohol, you know. I got the bloody marys. I got all the. I'm ready to party. <laughs> I don't know how to feel about a person who you show up and they're just like, I have vodka and tomato juice. Yeah, that was her drink of choice for some reason. Maybe that's why Terry got a little upset. But yeah, I ha- I have that uh uh she likes a good bloody mary. Not going to judge her. I haven't we're not we're not going to drink that, but um I might need to I might need to 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 try one of those. Why not? I'll try one. Yeah, I'll try one as well. Um so I will say this, um she should have helped with the uh the uh the uh, did she help with the effects in this movie because i tell you what she was damn quick and efficient in putting those uh those makeup uh, uh those prosthetic <laughs> makeup effects on for the uh the little scare on Artie and uh and karen oh gosh that was that was funny because i will say that is a that is a pretty effective sequence because they so andrea and greg are like in bed and they're like making out and stuff and it does cut to a shot outside the balcony view and you assume that that's terry and he's coming in to kill them so it cuts back to Artie and uh, karen in the living room playing the video game which uh christian he was watching it with us he said looks like it sucked but i think it looks pretty fun I mean, who's to say? Who's to say? We gotta, we gotta find that game, and we gotta get Christian to play it so I can beat him. Um, but <laughs> that—that's another thing. Uh, but, uh, but yeah. So basically, it—it it does. That is a pretty effective part because you do think that they're dead, and so you know she screams, and then they go in there, and uh, surprise, it's a prank. Um, and she's got these this really elaborate prosthetic makeup oil, and he's got this hatchet with like a little you know cut on his on his cheek i mean damn she i I wonder if she helped with the effects in this movie because she should have um but uh tell me if this is a hot take so that now i will lead off with this say that do you think that she has more final girl traits and characteristics than karen does uh i mean she's more complex of a character maybe but um i mean she's definitely not the final girl she's definitely not no yeah the way that they were introducing her, the way that they were just adding sort of this, um, I see where you're going with. They set up her storytelling so much and that she's this new girl. She has this sort of interest in, in Terry. Um, and then there's really no point to her story. And I do think that she is a little bit more interesting. She's more deserving of the, that, that spot. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that she would be a little bit more, Inclined because we'll get to it when we talk about Karen. I I have some opinions about Karen. Yeah, so I I would I would just say that I I initially if you the first time I saw this when they introduced Andrea, I would have thought 
you know, potentially because of the way they were setting her up. They they kind of set her up to be kind of the rival to Karen, but that's really, that definitely does not go into any sort of yeah. rival. Yeah, I did. That's about it. I, w- I will say I think her character has a little bit more, she does with the shell of her character more than I think Karen does. I, I feel like it's a fair argument, for yeah. sure. Karen, it's pretty one-dimensional and just not a lot going on with um but uh but yeah uh she she she's definitely one of those i think she's a fun character that just wants to have a good time um (laughs) she definitely is that i know a place imagine i know a place imagine you're uh you know you're making out on the tennis court and you're ready to get freaky and then you know they say i know a place and then they take you to the, uh, they take you to the uh, the complex pool diving board. <laughs> what an interesting location! I I, I like I, Christian. Like I said, was watching it with us, and I mean, he made a good point. Why don't they just go to like a chair or something? I guess the diving board was. I think it's she more- just saw it, and she's like, "That's the spot. That's where I want it to happen." I guess it's more iconic, and I guess it's it, there's like sort of a a, a, a risque nature. Like it's, 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 it's fascinating. It's hot and heavy being on this diving board right now. I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, she, you know, she says, I know a place and takes you to a complex pool diving board to have sex. All right. Her death. I mean, yeah. She has, okay. I will say that this is not a memorable death. Um, so she takes a machete. So she, she takes a machete to the cheek mid coitus. Mm, yeah, with Greg with two G's, and uh, their their deaths kind of blend. It, you don't really remember one more than the other. Yes, yes. Um, so essentially, what happens is she gets sliced in the in the in the face after Greg gets thrown in the pool, but then it cuts to Greg in the pool with all the blood and the cloud and everything, and then you hear off screen him like the sound of her or of him like sticking her. Yeah, stabbing more. Yeah. yeah. So you, she just dies off screen, and then you, of course, see her and Greg later on in the sauna in the bathroom sequence. So um, do it anywhere where she is. Uh, she is breathing. Oh yeah, yeah. If you focus in, uh-huh. they're both breathing. They're yeah. both breathing. <laughs> just hold your breath. Which uh, I believe, um, if we were on that point, Brad is moving when he's dead too. Yeah, Brad. He does. Yeah. He does. Well, yeah, he does. Um, I just wonder. It's like maybe these actors had just no concept of this movie, and they were just like at the end of that. That you know, John at the in the cut, he was like, "Why did you guys move?" And they were like, "Oh, are we dead at that point?" <laughs> uh, I think maybe it was just too quick for production. I, it, it's one of those movies. I feel like no one really saw it going anywhere. I, I don't know. I think they were just trying to get a slasher out, you know? They were trying to get some money, probably. And, I mean, you got to think. I mean, this is film, and you only have so much, and you don't have as many takes, and, and it's definitely not the convenience that digital uh, presents now. I think there's definitely a look in film that I enjoy a lot more. But, yeah, so that's uh, that's pretty much Andrea. Um, I think she's pretty fascinating. Obviously, she's not anything super memorable, but I think... She definitely has some some character beats that are that are somewhat interesting. Yeah. Um. But uh, but yeah. So honorable mention 
Do you have? I should say, do you have anything to say before we we move on to the last of the? Uh, like the, any other characters? Yeah. Okay. Well, no, I do have one. Yeah. I was just gonna say, do you have anything to, to contribute to Andrea before we get to Maddie, the mother? No. No. Okay. So I've got an honorable mention here: the little girl. Little girl. You remember her? The one who uh, is looking for a cat. Oh yes. Yeah. Played by uh, Dana Drescher. Okay. Doesn't look like she was in anything after this. Um, I just broke a star. She's a star. And that's going to be her legacy. Um, I do I do wonder why she left home at like nine years old. She's like left home alone. She's got to find that cat. I, 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 I mean, literally. Yeah, Karen, I don't know who else is there. There's, it doesn't even. Yeah, she Karen, answers the door. Yeah, Karen goes to her apartment beating on it because she's running from a psychotic killer. No other parents or anything involved in that scene whatsoever. It's just like, well, that's that's Dana Drescher as little girl, a star. That's all I have to say. I mean, she was, she was pretty believable. You know, she, she wanted that cat. She really did. She really did. Um, is there ever a moment in the film where you thought she was the killer? <laughs> I can't say so. Okay. All right. Well, that that's a theory that's just not going to gain any traction. But uh, all right, moving on to our uh, our last but certainly not least member of Bad Sex on the Beach, who uh, Maddie, Mother Maddie, uh, played by Louise Lasser. Um, is that name ring a bell for you? Okay. Well, she's definitely the film's biggest star. Oh yeah, for sure. I I I've, I looked at a few of the. Uh the actors in it and I, I saw some of her, her roles. She's yeah. in the Queen for a Dream, right? Yeah, she was Ada or Ada Ada in Requiem for a Dream. Um she was uh she's been involved in like over sixty projects. Oh, and yeah. she was in a lot of the uh, she was married to Woody Allen for uh, uh, between sixty six and uh between nineteen sixty six and nineteen seventy and she was in a lot of the earlier Allen films. Um so she was definitely at this point in 1983 when they were filming. I mean, she had she had definitely made it at this point. She was definitely bringing a a substantial sort of um, size to the movie, and this was probably one of the bigger gets. I think. I mean, I don't know if she was. It's not like getting Audrey Hepburn, but it's it's definitely one of those things where you know she she. Uh, she definitely was a pretty big grab. And I think at this point in her career, I don't know how much she was doing, but uh, she's she's been doing pretty consistent stuff throughout. But uh, definitely the film's biggest star. Um, fun fact, I don't know if you've... Apparently she and director John did not get, well at all, get along well at all. At all. Okay. So uh, I did read a little bit about that uh, interview with Marianne, the producer, and she said that basically um, that it was a big point of contention between the two. John basically quit. He walked away. And it got it so say bad. Any specific? No, no. I want to know, it, it, and I'm sure if I uh, for the pod, baby. <laughs> I'm sure if I say, uh, or if, I'm sure if I get that arrow, that arrow Blu-ray, I might be able to to get some more intel. Um, which is probably something I should have done for this episode, but that's money, man. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so she basically said that, um, uh, yeah, they did not get along well at all. It got so bad that John walked off 
and he walked off the shoot like he was getting ready he was done so i'm wondering if just her her i don't know maybe they were both just drama queens whatnot but i just want to say that you it makes a lot of sense that there was a disconnect in communication between the director and and her character based on her performance yeah if this was all just a ploy to get back at him and just be sort of wild and crazy and just completely just all over the place then and just ruin his movie, then I think she did a, a now she did not ruin the movie, I think, but if you look at it in that in that I think she she contributes one of the most fascinating and interesting parts to the movie, but at the same time, it is definitely very out there and in its own world. And uh, I, I don't even where to even begin um, with her. Uh, I mean, what do you have any initial thoughts about her? I mean, like I said, she's just out there, over the top. It, I mean, a lot of her uh, character things don't make sense. Like the she didn't go to see Brad until like later in the film. I mean, I know she's wine drunk, but. <laughs> That entire section, just her decision making, just makes no sense. It's it. None. She is. She's. It's like she's. And I'll just say, other than Terry, she's she's the anomaly of this film, and that she's just. She is just. She's the anomaly. I I feel like, and 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 she's she's the character in the movie that you come to, and you're like, holy shit. Um, you know, uh, Louise Lasser's performance in that is just off the wall, bad shit. It's it's really something, um, but uh, but that entire section it, it was almost like you know when you have those dreams where like for me I've had a dream where um, like I'm running from a giant spider and I, I you're trying to run but you just can't and it just keeps chasing you it's like she was just caught in this trap where like she just she was in this dream where she couldn't escape and she couldn't get where she... should I get a towel yeah maybe okay. I'll get a towel to put down. This is staying in the pod. Damn it. All right, so we're back. Um, I cleaned up the mess. Isaiah, he hit me. Um, I'm looking like uh, I'm looking like old, uh, old Greg. Uh, I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, so, so it's, like, it's like she's in a nightmare where she's stuck and she can't get out. She can't, she can't do what she needs to do. She's just stuck in the operator. I, it, it, it's just so bizarre. Um, you've heard me talk about like Cassavetes and a woman under the influence. Have you heard, like you've, have you heard me mention that? Yeah, I've heard you mention it. I don't know much about it. Yeah, so in A Woman Under the Influence, Gina Rollins plays Mabel, a character Mabel, uh, who plays uh, an emotionally unstable alcoholic. And it's like one of the best performances of all time. And it has sort of this... Uh, I I am not going to say that uh, Louise Lasser's Maddie is in any way on the same level. It's not the same thing. But I think that there's a similar sort of gravitas there about her that's, it, it's much lesser, but it's still a fascinating performance. Um, but it, it definitely reminded me of sort of that uh, sort of unhinged matriarch character. Um, and, and I, and, and it, 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 she's sort of like the, uh, the epicenter of, of the, uh, the film's tonal, um, all overness. Yeah, the like, the chaos, the absurdity. The just, yeah, she. I mean, she. She. I mean, my God. I mean, there's nothing more relatable though than sitting in front of the 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 sitting on the floor in front of the refrigerator and palming green beans and macaroni. <laughs> 
pretty iconic. Yeah. Like I, 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 I'm guessing that that was just put in there to sort of like, um, or, okay, Isaiah, what do you think? Do you think that is, is Todd's escape from the mental institution, does this trigger some type of drunken existential crisis? Is this, is this why you think she's, 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 she goes where she goes? Uh, so, so basically, um, she, you know, she's trying to pretend like, oh no, it's fine. Just pretend like nothing's happening when she tells Terry, you know, it's like, it's this thing that's been weighing on her so much. And then now that it's like out in the open, it's just driving her insane. The fact that her, her son who killed somebody who she thinks killed somebody is out and about. It's like that piece of her that is uncontrollable that she can't, she, it's just driving her insane. So you think that at this point in the story, she she herself believes that Todd didn't do it, and she does not want to come to terms with that. Or are you saying no, that? no, she believes that, but she doesn't want to come to terms with it. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 well, yeah. For sure. Oh, okay, no, yeah. So it is, it is more so like that, and maybe her failures. Maybe she feels like she's a failure as a mother or something. Failure as a mother, and like it, it's, it's also something in her life she can't control. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, which it, it just drives her nuts, you know? And then she's trying to bury it for so long, and now that it's out in the open, she just doesn't know how to deal with it. And you, the way we're talking, you would think we were talking about, you know, the best picture winner from that year. I know. It, it's a complex, like, thought. I mean, it, it's part of the family dynamic that's interesting. But, I mean, yeah. It, I'm, I am I, I don't know if the uh, the beef between her and the director, if that had any connection to her performance, but I'm glad they didn't argue for her. Or I'm glad they didn't get along very well if it means that her performance was like this because it is fascinating. I don't think the film is what it is without it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it, it, yeah, that's a good point in that I... So you see it as more of she does... She is sort of triggered by this because it is sort of this thing that, she's having to come to terms with and maybe him being locked up and him be her being him being kept away as sort of him being safeguarded and that element of her life where she thinks she doesn't even want to go to, she doesn't even want to touch. She, she only has to bring pie to him. Yeah. That's the only thing that she's like, Oh, it's like, he's still my son, but I don't have to deal with him. He's out of the way. And it's kind of the part of my life that I don't have to worry about anymore. Uh, yeah. And, and I mean, I think Terry is obviously the baby boy. Yeah. And in her mind, yeah. And 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 I will say that like she's the way the relationship that she has with Terry is is like it's it, you she still interacts with both of them as if they're they're children almost. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, you we talk about sort of this weird comedic timing from from time to time. There's just that moment where Terry has come into her room and he's like saying that Todd's back and you know he's going to look for him for her and she's and before he goes he's she's just like don't forget a sweater yeah the blue one and yeah. you're just like what is this it's just like it's like a mom who's like telling her her seven year old how to dress or whatnot so she definitely still has sort of that that she's in denial and and I think that like she definitely has this it sort of adds to that dynamic between Terry and his relationship with her and how it's it there's something a little more there i'm not gonna it, say that there's, yeah it, it's just weird it, it's it's off and yeah terry is definitely her baby boy <sighs> but yeah it's it's it is very interesting i mean it, it, with the runtime that it has it doesn't have a lot of time to flesh things out so it's alluded to 
you have sort of the silhouette or the idea of something, the frame of something, but nothing's ever really concrete. It's just kind of like moves in that way where you get little glimpses. But um, I guess just just her and her unraveling and just that relationship that she has with her sons is it's just interesting to have a matriarch character like that and to have to see her interact with a situation like this in which one of her sons you know in her mind is a killer the other one's not and you know what that didn't what that dynamic is like which i would actually like to see you know actually i don't know if there's movies that actually go into something like that but i think that is definitely an interesting dynamic um but uh but yeah it takes her too damn long to walk down to brad's office yeah i do not understand that it it's such a strange where she spins like one third of the movie on the, on the phone with an operator trying to get a hold of Brad, and 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 I guess it's because it's like the drunkenness and all of that on top of it that she she keeps like like talking to the operator and like confessing things, and then she's like, well, it's not actually a school, like it's sort of the sort of the 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 guise of 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 what she's trying to portray his Todd situation as is falling apart, and you know it's just like she's having to to like you said come to terms with that yeah she's she's drunk and then at one point she's put the bed and you think she's drunk enough that she's gonna pass out but then she gets back up and she drinks even more yeah yeah but and then maybe she doesn't want to go see brad because maybe she thinks something happened to brad i don't know because she's at a point of just complete hysteria and complete uh disbelief of what's going on that she just doesn't want to come to terms to anything yeah so yeah. maybe it's just her procrastinating the, the inev- inev- inevitable. That yeah, that, that I think I think I think we're probably doing more thinking than a lot of people have on this. Well, actually, no, I think this is a movie that a lot of people. But you know, it's it, it's fun to think about. I bet everybody kind of has their own their own take on it. But she is definitely just a fascinating. She gives a fascinating performance. It's definitely a, unlike really anything that you would see. I mean it's definitely like what was that you know just from from beat to beat like what was her thought process and in certain things and stuff but uh but yeah she we'll get into a little bit more of that oedipus complex thing with uh terry but uh, uh yeah she has a very strange relationship with her sons especially terry um but uh her death now yeah uh, tragic. It's unexpected you know for sure. It's definitely that moment in the movie that sort of is, is, for lack of a better term, the cherry on top. And it's kind of like that moment is like, wow, you know, that, that's, that's, it's definitely a very tragic moment. And I guess to sort of in, in that way, I mean, maybe it is that, that point where I don't know what happens in the end. Like, to be honest with you, I, I, I don't know really why she kills herself. I guess she kills herself because she thinks that she accidentally killed Terry and Todd has been like, she thinks she killed the perfect one. Yeah. In her mind, she just has these images in her head. She, she projects these ideas and she just, it's this lack of control. And maybe this is, maybe this is on a deeper level, a subtextual level about parenting and maybe, and maybe, you know, the idea of the perfect child and the idea of the child that's that's you know she she's not comfortable with 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 the child that she feels responsible for I, I don't know it, it, it's and, 
it's it's interesting the fact that we have twins here you know it's like we have one that she thinks is the perfect one and the one that had it's a bad egg right you know like that a murder right um so she just can't really separate that and she doesn't know why one's this way another one not that way and she just the slack in control is just driving her insane yeah yeah well that's interesting it's it's and I mean in the end she's she and Todd are both screaming I'm Todd I'm Todd I'm, I'm Todd. Todd and I'm I wonder Todd. if that has any sort of like actual weight to it or if it's just kind of like yeah both of you guys can scream this and it'll be kind of you know even more shocking and even more disturbing I mean, yeah it it brings more drama to it for yeah. sure I'm sure there are a lot of different dissections of that and analysis analyses but yeah that's that's whew, she never believes Todd never once for a second. And I think that's that's kind of tragic, but yeah, just yeah, it's sort of infuriating to see that too. I mean, you do feel like a like a genuine anger because it's just like you see that Terry is the reason for all of this, and she still doesn't believe it. And I I don't know, it's just it's pretty brutal, pretty brutal. But uh, but yeah, she she definitely gives a a a a roaring performance as uh, as as Miss Maddie, as Mother Maddie. Very interesting, very memorable. Um, one of the most uh, uh, interesting performances in, in, in a slasher, um, I think. Uh, but uh, she submitted her legacy there. For sure. Do you have anything else that you need to... Uh, not not really. I mean, she's the most complex character. I think so. I think so. Um, when you really think about it, I think you could you could say that and we'll talk about it, but you could say that Terry and Todd are the most complex, but I don't know if they wear that on their performances as much. I, they didn't have much to say, you know? Yeah, They're yeah. very, um, they don't have a lot. Well, we'll talk about it. We'll talk yeah. about it. But uh, but yeah, so that is that is the end of Bad Sex on the Beach. We did it. Our bad sex, we had big bad sexes on the beach, and they're empty. And uh, I think it's time to... Uh, I know we said we weren't going to do it, but we're gonna we're gonna have to grab ourselves a little Bloody Mary. <laughs> hey Hollis, could you grab us a Bloody Mary, please? Yeah, he said yes. Oh, great. Miss, Miss, excuse me, Miss. Could you give us your full name? Are you hurt? Did you kill us? How long have you been in How did you do it? Miss, how did you do it? Did you know the killer? Miss, how did you get killed? Did you kill him? All right, so we're at the Bloody Mary segment of the podcast where we break down the final girl. Um, so the final girl. There, there is definitely a, a, a semblance of a final girl in this movie. Um, it would be Karen. Um, so Karen's played by Julie Gordon. Um, Gordon was in a few things, but after 87, she didn't do anything. Um, so, I mean, outright, I think, honestly, the only legitimacy that she has to the story is that she's Terry's girlfriend. I don't know if she carries any other weight to that. Allegedly. Allegedly Terry's girlfriend. It, um, it, it seemed like it could have just been like in her mind, they were a thing. That, that sequence. So when early on in the movie, when they have the Thanksgiving dinner and Terry is just outwardly flirting with Andrea, yeah, you know, that's obviously a red flag. And so basically her response to Terry's just 
increasing disinterest and, and, and just becoming more and more disinterested and just more and more uh, distant. Her idea, I guess, to try and preserve it or save it is to basically use sex yeah. to get him back, mm-hmm. um, which I think just sucks for her character because I, I think in, now I will say that in the end, I guess she does in a way have a triumphant win because she survives and things like that and she does get out of it. But uh, but yeah, it's 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 a very interesting uh, logic um, behind that. Uh, like you said, I mean, I don't I don't know if she really knows Terry that well. I mean, hell, she didn't even Terry and Todd. They have different hair. They even though you know it's the same person, um, yeah. they have different looks about them, and she didn't even really. Which, which I mean, the same hair. He just styled it. Yeah, yeah, he 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 does style it. Um, and yeah, that's kind of the the distinguishing factor of some clothes. The, the the time that she thought that she was talking to um Terry, um, she thought he was high, so like she could have messed up his hair. Yeah, I guess that is true. That that is a scene where I think you really do kind of. I don't know if it's the writing. I don't know if it was hard to overcome that dialogue. The but, yeah, the most. Awkward dialogue in the entire movie. It, it was the most awkward dialogue and definitely very awkward delivery. I mean, essentially, you know, she she goes to the back door or the back patio door. She sees um, Todd come out, thinks it's Terry. So then she kind of has this monologue where she's like, you know, we haven't seen each other a lot. You never wrote me letters. So I think now to mend that gap, I want you to make love to me. And, you know, Todd's just like, I'm Todd. And her reaction is just so like Terry's brother, you know, it's just so like, like her reaction is just so sterile. And he, 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 he's basically like, I've never been, I've never kissed anyone before. And she's, and she literally is just like, well, maybe you should try it sometime. And then just kind of like runs off. She's a very flat performance throughout. I, I, and I, I do wonder, you know, the, the offbeat comedic timing, in this movie, that is just a funny moment, but I don't know if that's supposed to be funny. Maybe it is. I mean, it's kind of hard for it not to be, but that moment in her chase sequence at the end, I mean, it's just sort of like, I I, I wrote that she kind of has this autopilot performance about her. I, I kind of see her literally imagine a person who is literally like straight face, not doing anything. They say action. And then you kind of just like lift into a character the best that you can and then it's kind of like oh, da, 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 I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm saying these lines, I'm I'm running, and then cut, and then she just slouches back down, um, and and she's just she's just she just kind of gives this autopilot this sterile performance. I feel like autopilot could be a little too kind, honestly. Really? Wow, <laughs> you're going hard because I mean, there's there's actors that aren't necessarily great actors that will be on autopilot, and you could say like oh I just I didn't feel some kind of emotion to it. It's so flat. It is very flat. Yeah, it's one of the one of the the flatter final girl. Performances. It's not like I can't piece it. Maybe she's on autopilot. It's like it's not there. You don't think she even has the capability to turn anything on? Not in this role, in particular. I I mean, it, she may have had other performances that were okay. It's just this this the way it's cut. The way it looks on screen, it just did not work. It's not kind to her, no. Um, and 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 I I have you know after watching it four times within the last week, I I did think you know how could you overcome these lines? How could you do these things? And I mean, it is kind of hard to sell the the lines of dialogue that she's given in that awkward moment That's with true. Todd. 
It's, but yeah, I mean, I do think that there is just a flatness to our performance. But to be fair, in that scene, you have the two worst actors in the entire film put together in a scene. Um, okay, yeah, yeah. So like, you got two that aren't really working off of each other, and you're, that's what you're going to get. I see you're giving some, uh, some, some spoilers. As to I'm giving a little about. bit of spoilers, but I mean, well, I, there's no way around it. That's just my opinion. There. Well, okay. So yes, we, we do think that she has sort of a sterile performance. She, she, her chase sequence in the end is probably one of the most boring chase sequences I've ever seen. That, that brings me to my next point. Uh, her boring chasing it. She seems not scared. She seems more annoyed. Yeah, no, no, no. That's what I wrote. I, I said, so she, so, so she's a good Samaritan in that yeah. she grabs the baby. She grabs the baby, she saves the baby, and she runs to the indoor pool where there are just open pane windows. I, I don't know what her thought process is. She sits by the pool, and then Terry comes in, jumps on the diving board. She's like sitting there, and then she turns out, and she goes, oh, God. And, and she then, rolls her eyes. Yeah, she, and that's literally like, like that's what made me think. She seems like she's so disinterested in this role, and she's so disinterested in being there. I, I, I don't know. That's just kind of the vibe that I got, and it just felt more disinterested than like I'm not giving you – like I, I feel like she might have had capability there. I, I want to give her the benefit of the doubt, but at the same time, it's like, whoo, that was a little rough. Yeah, uh, it, it, just very disinteresting. But yeah, I mean, she's a good, she's a good Samaritan for saving the baby. Um, I will say there. Uh, what what I put here? I did write a note, and I said her lingering around after Terry's been shot and all the things are said and done, then running out when Maddie shoots herself is a good representation of representation of her character in the story. <laughs> she she you're you're you know she she's kind of waiting around. You know, once Terry gets shot and she pulls Todd out of the pool, and then she goes back to holding the baby when her and Todd are having that sequence. So she's kind of just standing there, and then all of a sudden Maddie shoots herself, and then she's like, "Oh, okay, I gotta go. I gotta blast." <laughs> So I do wonder, you know, maybe she raised it. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. But um, yeah, I mean, as far as the final girl, she technically is by by the formula, by the by the structure. She is the final girl. She has the final moments. But boy, I don't think she has the the weight of a final girl. Um, I think they they put so much weight in some of the other characters, and just like she just didn't. I don't know. She didn't I, make the cut. I tell you what it is. I think it's in this. This is a. This movie is honestly kind of like a carousel of just offbeat, wild performances, and I think she gives one of the most grounded performances. Most grounded, most flat. Yeah, and I think that that is definitely emboldened by you know those around her. So I think that's kind of what happens. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think it's a little disappointing. I I I I'm glad that she survives, given that you know hopefully she'll move on to a better life. And, and, and realize that, you know, she should try to avoid the Terry's of the world. Um, but, uh, but yeah, outside of that, it's, yeah, not very, not very good, but yeah. Anything else? That's our final girl. That's our Bloody Mary. That, that's about it with her, you know. It doesn't the look like. Flat, disinterested. <laughs> it doesn't look like you drank any of your Bloody Mary. <laughs> we don't have to talk about that. <laughs> he must not have liked it. All right. Well, glad you made it, old, uh, good old, jeez, I forgot her name, uh, Karen. Karen, um, you know. The... Yeah, 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 Karen. <laughs> um, but uh, we'll see you later. Hey, Hollis, we don't like our Bloody Marys very much. How about a, uh, a little orange juice and a little bit of champagne? <laughs> How about a little Mad Man's Mimosa? 
He's going to get it for us. The wind held is mine, and a man turns to murder. Like gusts in the night, damp with their blood. Their blood. Okay, so we're here. This is This is what it's all about, Isaiah. This is the slasher. This is the section where we talk about the killer. Um, or the killers, plural, if uh, if you want to take it that far. Um, but uh, but yeah, so let's just get into it. So Madman Samosa, the killer. Um, so like you said, you said he's played by, you know, Todd and Terry are both played yeah. by one actor. One actor, yeah. Yeah, so uh, that actor is Mark Soper, S-O-P-E-R. I, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, I looked into his, uh, his, uh, uh, his career... Um, he's had some pretty substantial success in film and television, um, but reading a little bit more about him, it looks like theater is sort of what he's okay. sort of uh, um, come into. Um, I will give a shout out to uh, Keith and Russell Hall, the 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 young twins that that played you know young Todd and Terry in the beginning of the film. Um, and we could talk about that briefly, sort of that opening drive-in okay. sequence and 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 sort of what happens. Um, so yeah, uh, and I think this is the first moment where you see sort of this triggering, uh, uh, Oedipus complex thing step in where, you know, Todd and Terry are sleeping in the back seat. Um, Maddie is with just a, some random guy at the drive-in. They start kissing and then Terry wakes up, sees it, and he wakes up Todd and then they get out because I guess he just doesn't want to see it anymore and he's triggered and he's in this. I, I think they even say, oh, this again. Oh, this again. Yeah. So it's a thing. And I think this is maybe his breaking point. So he grabs a uh, little hatchet out of the back of a, a pickup truck, goes over to another, um, another car where the, uh, the individuals in the backseat are engaging in coitus. And I guess, you know, in a, in a method of, 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 cause in a, at first he looks in the window and he looks like he's, um, he looks to be sort of, uh, like entranced by it. And now he's looking at, it. and then the guy like raises up and he's like, Hey, get out of here, creep. He literally says, he's like, get out of here, creep, creep, get out of here, which, you know, but, um, that just, I guess, triggers, triggers, I, I guess Terry intended to go over there and kill them. I guess it's just some weird projection thing, but he goes over to the, to the young couple, um, and actually carries out a pretty, pretty effective kill. I don't know the guy's name. I didn't do enough research into that character's name, but I know he's the guy that gets popcorn, the guy that buys condoms from uh, Ted Raimi. Um, I don't think he has a character name. I think it's like something like guy at drive-in, maybe. Yeah, something I'd like have that. to look that up. Um, we'll have. Well, we might. We might. We might. Uh, uh, amend that in the in the socials. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's 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 the makeup effects effects are really incredible in this scene with him swinging the hatchet and hitting him in the eye. Cause like his eye just has like slits, like from where the the axe or hatchets hitting him and making contact. So I mean, it's a pretty effective open, especially when the blood hits and you see it go in the popcorn and everything, and it's just sort of tainting everything. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's it's definitely an interesting um, uh, sequence. So yeah, Terry hacks this this kid up, um, and then I guess just in in an instant way of guilt and the way he's able, he's going to be able to, uh, to, to, he's an opportunist in a way, you know, he, he, this is the interesting thing. Todd is sort of like looking at it and he's like, he, he I guess at that point, that he's in act, disbelief. Yeah. He's yeah. Just it's frozen. a catatonic state that yeah. he stays in. 
Um, it's weird because he's smiling. Is he smiling? Yeah, and and I yeah, that's that's. I will say that was one point in the movie in this relation, like this relationship, this dynamic. So yeah, Terry Terry put, puts the hatchet on in his hand, rubs the blood on his face, you know, basically pins the murder on Todd. Um, and Todd can't do anything because he's defenseless and, um, you know, he's in this catatonic state, but he's smiling. So that always created a little bit of uh, confusion within me because I was like, did he like it? I, I, I mean, it could just be one of those things where he didn't know how to process it. And it's just that's the emotion that came out. He just some people just don't know how to react when they're scared. It probably would have made more sense for him, at least in my opinion, to just be absolutely shocked. Yeah. And I think he still would have had the murder pinned on him, and I think that would have sort of, you know, kind of given more... It would have made it a little more effective, because I think it's a little confusing, because now you're thinking, well, does he have some murderous intent? Is he sort of fascinated by the idea of murder along with Terry? Or is he triggered? I I don't know. But yeah, I, I think it's... I honestly think it's just bad. It just was just sort of a mis mishandled scene. What, what really gets me though is he just rubs some blood on his face. Yeah, and Todd is literally covered in blood. Yeah, yeah, and he just has it on his face and acts, and no one questions it except for the doctor. <laughs> well, and I will say this: there is a witness there. That girl gets out and runs runs away. So I, I, I don't know if, if the idea was that, you know, she was just so shocked that she had to get out and she would not be able to, you know, it's one of I those things. I mean, they're things. twins, so. They are twins, yeah. And, you, and I mean, you would not be able to piece that. It, it, in all honesty, if you are, you know, a member, of, like if you're a police detective or you're a member of law enforcement and you have this situation and maybe both brothers are saying that they did it, I mean, what do you do? Like, it's just, yeah. it. I, I don't know. It's it's crazy to think about, but um, I mean, but yeah. the, the mom can even tell the difference between the two of them. No, I mean, no, no, no. She can't. Um, I know she's hasn't been around both of them for like ten years, but like still, it's it's a it's a it's a pretty effective scene. It's a good open. Um, I just there's that one moment with Todd in his face and he's smiling. It just didn't it just didn't sit well. It didn't make sense to me. But other than that, I thought it was a pretty cool scene. Um. Now do you want to talk about 10 years later, Terry and Todd? Yeah. Okay. So, and I will say this, as far as the twin, because I know you had, you, you know, when we were talking about Maddie, the mom, the whole twin dynamic, I will say that I think that is kind of a clever subversion of sort of the homicidal maniac having this familial lineage, that trope. It's very interesting because I think with this type of movie, you were expecting Todd to be angry and vengeful and to come back and kill everyone. You're expecting that. You're you're expecting the escape mental patient to come back and wreak havoc. But in this situation, the killer is literally at home in the place where you're supposed to feel safe. And it's sort of a subversion on that, which I thought was uh, uh, interesting. I think it's mishandled at certain points, but I think it is interesting. Because he's lived in a normal world for 10 years and he only reverts back to this tendency when he knows he has someone else dependent on. Well, and, and you know what? Let's let's talk about Terry first. So, yeah. same actor, different performances. Very different performances. Very different performances. And and we'll and I when we get to Todd, we can talk sort of about the the range. But let me ask you this: Do you think he looks like Nick Cage? No. Dang, because I, I kind of think he does. I see. When you said Nick Cage, and I was trying to figure out which one you thought looked like Nick Cage, I I thought not Greg, but the other one. Looked more like Nick Cage than 
uh, Todd and yeah, I think he, I think he looks like Nick Cage. I don't see it. Well, I, I don't know what to tell you. You, um, you know what I said about the mom, though. So <laughs> yeah, I do know what you said. Um, but uh, but yeah, I I I I I will say this about um, so. We can talk about good old. Um, we can talk about good old Mark and his ability as an actor. So, you go first. You 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 give your talking point. Well, to this. you know, I do agree. It's two different performances. Terry's not that bad. He's okay. Mm-hmm. But you know, the Todd just it just doesn't make sense. It feels awkward. And, right. Like right. I know it's. They're not. I don't know if they're. The actor or the director didn't really know the direction they wanted with it. Right. Because he's, I mean, is he, does he not know how to socialize? He's been gone in this mental institution for 10 years. Or is he still kind of adolescent, like, minded? Or is that just how his mom treats him? Or, like, I did, he didn't say much and he just felt offbeat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the words that he said just didn't, it just didn't even feel genuine. I don't know. Like, even, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean that 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 that's a fair point. Um, it, I think it's very easy to look at this performance, especially on both ends, and say that they're definitely. I, I will say this: I will give him this. He gives a memorable performance. Yeah, I would say that he gives a a a pretty fascinating. I, 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 yeah, all I could say is that it's memorable. I have a few other talking points. Um, I I do. Do you think he knows what he's doing, or do you, th- do, or do you think he knows what he's doing? And in 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 like say, because we're talking about Terry right now. Okay, yeah. And just the way Terry is, and just said how quirky, and just how strange, and just well, just the way he is. Do we? Do you think that he knows what he's doing, or is he just, or do you think he doesn't know what he's doing, or is he just a great actor? Do you think he's just a really good actor? What do you What do you mean? Like, in the sense of playing, because I don't think you, I, I guess you don't like what he's doing. Okay. You no, you don't though, right? You don't like Terry's performance at all. Terry's performance. Terry's yeah. performance is okay. Oh, okay. So it, it, Todd's performance, I have a problem with. No, who do you now? Todd is the <laughs> escape mental patient. Yes. Okay. Okay. So we're talking about Terry. Okay. Yeah. Terry. So, Terry's okay. Terry's okay. Um. So. It's weird though. It's yes. it's it's very strange. It's 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 not normal. And I mean, I guess you know, a homicidal maniac yeah. shouldn't be normal, but it's 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 one of those things. Do you think that he sort of knew what he was doing and just how he carries himself, or do you think he was just a a a, a bad actor? Oh, so you you think he just sort of stumbled into having this memorable performance and just having this weird? Yes. You yeah. think he did? Yeah. Okay. I well, I don't know I don't really feel like it was like like a I mean some of the lines in general just are ridiculous so whatever he did was going to be a little off like I mean the, the this isn't cranberry uh, sauce line it's repeated throughout and it it's just a bad line no matter how you deliver it but it's not cranberry sauce I mean. I would have understand what one of those, but it's just, yeah, but there's at least four, five or four or five. And, 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 and uh, I don't really know how to, to, to fully feel, but 
I don't know whether he's just he's he he's just sort of stumbling into this scene by scene and he, he kind of just who he is as a person as an actor kind of stumbled into it and it kind of made for this kind of offbeat memorable performance because it's in the realm of a slasher film and that makes it interesting or if he actually knew what he was doing and he was just it's a testament to his acting but uh, I will say as far as getting into you know the conceit of this podcast is you know this idea that you know there's these these slasher films that that lie outside the mainstream popular slasher franchises that are worthy of you know uh, uh, deep dive dissections um, and I think that ultimately you know it's very easy you can use the the, the say the killers and 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 those films as sort of a reference point um, for someone like Terry and just how drastically different. So when I think if we could talk about that for a second. So if you're talking about, there's a whole other element to this as far as like when it was filmed that makes it a lot more interesting. So there is sort of this irreverent sort of nonchalantness that I think that, that, that Mark brings to the role where it almost seems as if, you know, not necessarily like, like in the way that it seems like Karen doesn't care, but it just seems like, like kind of like the procrastinator, like I alluded to, where it's kind of rushed and it's literally, it does not go into any type of big, you know, hiding the killer and, and silhouette or it doesn't, it just cuts to the chase. It's literally just this guy in normal clothes going around, walking up to people and just literally like, it's it's like the, the it's like if I just like was like, okay, I'm going to make a slasher movie. All right, Isaiah, point the camera at me. I've got another actor. I'm going to be the killer. I'm just dressed in street clothes. I'm gonna I'm gonna walk up to the to the other character and I'm gonna pretend to kill them and I'm just gonna do it in a way that's like sort of charismatic and just sort of sort of off the wall, um, but uh, I think it's very unique, like his performance when when it comes to the time that this movie was made. So like when you look at like like you know like Killers in the Prowler or you know The Sun and House on Sorority Row or even like Jason Voorhees for example, all very different. All have more of a, a sort of this very dramatic you know uh, depth to them. And with him, it's very there is sort of the whole twin and Oedipus complex thing that we can kind of talk about you know in a second. But uh, but he has sort of has this offbeat comedic timing and he sort of has these mannerisms and everything that's, I don't know. It's uh nightmare on them. It, it reminded me of Freddie, honestly, the way with he, he like he's, toys with people. He's so Yeah. He's interesting in the fact that he's just kind of, doesn't really care. He's not running to kill anybody. He's no. like, this is fun. I'm enjoying this. Yeah. And, and, and the thing that's interesting is nightmare on Elm street didn't come out until the following year. Yeah. So this is, this is he's it's kind of like a proto Freddy, and I don't think I've I had really seen a killer do this thing where they sort of like toy with their victims and they sort of just have this very nonchalant nature to them, and I don't think you really saw that. And I think that, in in given that this particular world that they were making this film in hadn't even seen Nightmare on Elm Street, hadn't seen Freddy Krueger, hadn't seen him explode into what he would become, um, I think that's interesting, and it's and I think it makes it it adds a, a, a more of a, a prestigious layer, but I will say this. I could not help but think like in this role, yes, all these things, you know, he, the, 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 the comedic aspects of him. I honestly thought this would be a perfect role for like Jerry Seinfeld or something like Jerry Seinfeld, like for young Jerry Seinfeld could step into this role and it would literally be the exact same to me. Like, 
it's still off. It, it's still like, it's like the, it, it has the seeds, the inklings of a comedian who found his way into a slasher movie almost. And I, I literally couldn't help. It, it was the hair. It was, it was all this. It reminded me of like Seinfeld, Seinfeld, you know, sitcom. And I was like, you know what? I know you probably wouldn't like that movie, but I'd like to see Jerry Seinfeld in a slasher. And it, it, it almost was like that where Jerry Seinfeld could have come and played this part. Yeah, no, I get it. It's very offbeat and it, it would work with the comedian. It almost has like a sitcom-y feel to it yeah. in, in some places. It just and, and I don't think that's necessarily a, a big aspect of it, but I think that there are definitely elements to that. But it, it, honestly, I just I couldn't stop thinking about like he Jerry. If that's just sort of a testament to this type of role, Jerry Seinfeld would have worked in this movie. And as that person, I don't know how good he would have been as Todd, but. It, yep. it, 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 it was it, it's just interesting I, I don't know how anyone would be good as Todd in yeah. general Todd well, was just I, I don't think they really knew where to go with his character in well, general before we get there let's talk about let, let's talk about this for a second um, so so I guess tr- Terry the whole idea is that Terry is triggered into this um, he's triggered into homicidal rage, blood rage, if you will, pun intended, um, via the Oedipus complex, seeing his mother interact, who he has potentially sexual feelings for, interact with another male in that way. So, which which makes me think, is this the first time? Is Brad like the first guy that she's been with since that guy at the drive-in? Otherwise, he would have killed more people, right? I don't know. Or, because that's the thing, is Terry killing people because he knows Todd's out and he's trying to kill everybody that's connected and trying to just, like, pin it on Todd so that would embolden, you know, Todd's guilt and just pin it on him again and make, or is it just like, or he's just triggered by, because he obviously has, even with, there's like a sting when the, when Brad and uh, Maddie announce that they're getting married and he gets up and he's like, hmm, but uh, maybe it's both, I don't know. Yeah, it could be maybe... It's not even about what well, it maybe he wants to be the only child, you know, that's why he pinned it. You know? It might. Yeah. I mean, there's there's interesting aspects of that. And I mean, obviously, the Oedipus complex, um, for those that may not know what it is, it's basically this this idea that Freud had that uh, that it, and, it, and the idea is that when the when a child when a young boy is between like the ages of like four and like seven or something, I don't know, in those formative stages that he would develop sort of like a sexual sort of uh, attraction to his mother. Um, and he would sort of see the male, which would be maybe the father figure or whatnot, in any sort of interaction with the mother as sort of a threat and whatnot. So this is just something that's sort of grown. And it's sort of like, I guess that that's in, in that way, sort of drawing. Um, and I think we can sort of combine sort of the theme and interpretation into this where we can have both a psych Sazerac and a, with a bad man's mimosa here. And we can sort of just kind of, you know, cause if there's a theme to be extracted from this, I think it, it kind of is that idea. It's definitely familial, like family oriented and like you've said, and then there on both, on both sides of the coin, I think there's an interesting element with the mom and like parenting and then with the sons and maybe he wants to be an only child. Well, another interesting thing about the sexual aspect, he, he doesn't seem to be interested in sex in general. Like when he he went over to the new girls, uh, when she was babysitting, 
she was all over him. He was like, let's watch television. And he was like completely uninterested. I don't know if it's because it, she just wasn't interested in her. Or... I, I think that it honestly, and I mean, when you look at movies, like I think that in at this time, I mean, Friday the 13th has a lot of psycho elements to it in the mother and son relationship and then psycho was probably an influence and just this idea of a son being obsessed with his mother to the point that he has there's no other woman there's no other woman yeah exactly so i think that that's kind of the idea is that he there is no other woman he's kind of asexual i don't know how he well he and karen have obviously not had sex yeah but Um, he he also got so much enjoyment from killing yeah so i it's 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 definitely an interesting way to look at that and I think that in the grand scheme of things, that may not be the most, you know, prestigious way to go about that type of navigating that, you know, psychological material. But I think that it definitely does it in an interesting way with, with what it has. Um, but yeah, so do you think, honestly, so so I got to have an Isaiah answer here. Do you think that it is more Oedipus related or do you think that his homicidal rage is more, I got a pin it on my brother related? Or 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 do you think it's both? I mean... I I don't even... There's definitely some kind of thing going on with his mom. But like... Right. I, I kind of feel like they were going the route. He had this urge and he was his out, his brother. You know, the pin it on him. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think that's more of what I'm leaning towards what they were going for. But, I mean, there's an undeniable weird thing going on with his mom. I don't know what exactly, but I, I think that's up for debate. Um, and I, I also thought of another thing. I I know you'd mentioned uh, before that, like, milk is symbolic, typically, right? Oh, I didn't say that. You haven't said that? You might have read that. I don't know. Something about uh, the um, the Clockwork Orange them drinking milk all the time wasn't that symbolic i mean it might have been symbolic i mean what are, are you talking about like a nurture type thing like uh, i don't know but he was drinking milk at the table he was yeah yeah that is true i don't uh, know if that had any if that was symbolic in any way but i mean it could be because i mean it does there is like a almost a juvenile mentality to both um these two characters um and todd and terry but yeah, I mean, I I think honestly, I'm more so inclined. I think that it's more. I think the movie does kind of a, a bad job at handling that situation and giving us sort of a clear answer. I think it's just kind of confusing. Like, is he triggered by this or is he triggered by that? I and mean, I think it just sort of finds itself in like a best of both worlds. It just feels like a movie that they had all these ideas and they just kind of threw it into a a little mess of a movie and it, it that's what they got and then the doctor didn't show up so the <laughs> producer had to step in and then the uh the effects guy had to step in and then you know your uh your your one of your lead actresses is giving you a hard time every day i guess and maybe you're giving them a hard time i don't know but yeah i think i think there's a lot of things about this movie that maybe sort of can fall back on maybe a lack of communication or positive communication i don't know what it was like but apparently it wasn't a great production yeah so 
it's it's definitely interesting to look at it in that way. But uh, but yeah, I I don't know. I I want to believe that he's triggered because I think it makes it more interesting. But then again, I'm like, I mean, I think both sides are interesting, but it, it just kind of presenting both angles to it just kind of makes it kind of uh, not giving us a solidified answer. Because I mean, Terry just literally there's nothing about Terry that is that is he's all just kind of fake and, and he's just literally just going around and just killing people at this point. You don't get enough moments with him and whatnot, but, uh, but yeah, so, but yeah, Terry, Terry, whole scary Terry. Well, do you want to talk about Todd now on the flip side of the coin? Todd's very, there's, there's not much to say about Todd. He has like hardly any lines and everything he says is just kind of gibberish. I, yeah, I have much less notes on Todd, I I will say that it's kind of a testament to Mark's range. I guess I mean he does I think do both pretty well. I mean I I did not think that there was two two different you know I thought it was two different actors. I thought it was an actual twin brother um, dynamic, and uh, I think he sold that pretty well. But I mean I don't think he had to do much to sell Todd. I mean he does have a few you know, sequences where he like throws the pie against the wall and, you know, has, he does have some emotional sort of, uh, 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 falsetto moments, I guess. But, uh, but yeah, I think Soper definitely has some range. Um, Todd, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't say as much. He's kind of there to sort of serve as the, the reference point to Terry and just how shitty Terry is. And Todd's just this nice, person who means well who's just traumatized by this event when he was a child and who can't escape it um but uh i think that yeah maddie treats him like a child like an actual child but i mean she kind of treats treats terry like that but terry has more of a capacity to be able to deal with it it's 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 mentioned that like todd is so shaken up by all this that he's like taking so what so i did make a note of this so in the beginning the doctor with the voiceover it says that she she says that he is in a state of catatonic shock feeling the guilt of a murder he did not commit um which i guess is interesting psychosis but i don't know uh i i don't really understand that very much i think it's it's kind of hard to 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 track but it is it's it's confusing um but uh geez I mean, Todd, probably the most tragic. I I feel like they had such a complex mental idea of this character. They didn't really know what to do with him. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I, I think that's why I didn't enjoy his performance as Todd as much, because I feel like they didn't have direction with him. Yeah. And that's why everything felt forced and kind of weird to me. That's fair. Um. Yeah. Which, yeah, so it may not necessarily have anything to do with his performance in general. It was just the the way it felt like the movie didn't know what they wanted. I, I, I would say, yeah, it, it's probably one of those things where the where the, the, the subject matter might have gotten a little bit too high for, you know, the the ability of its execution, I guess. So I will say that, yeah, if there's a landing spot for Todd as far as like an emotional resonance with his character and what it leaves you with, I would say that it's a very tragic ending for him and that he escaped to try and come back and prove that it wasn't him. And then his mom in the end still doesn't believe him. And she ends up killing him, killing herself. So he's literally lost pretty much everyone, even this doctor that's been with him. So, I mean, it's a pretty, which, 
with that happening, who's to say he doesn't end up back up there? Yeah, you know? right, right, yeah. Like so. they could have just, it was him again, you know? There's no witnesses, really. It, well, I mean, there's the one. It sucks. There's Karen. There is Karen, yeah. Karen was a witness, and I... Oh, geez, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Where where potentially it could get pinned on him, like all the murders. But, I mean, Karen's I mean, there. Karen but, is there, yeah, but... Yeah, you you there is that element that you kind of have to consider. Yeah, that sucks. I I feel bad for him. Jeez. Yeah, it's been through a lot. And and now I will say, well, and and, and I was thinking to myself, this movie does have sort of this nonchalantness to it, where it's just very upfront and just very in in every in every way in every way possible. So I was thinking it would have probably been a little more interesting if they want to painted it out to where maybe. Todd, maybe it was alluded to that Todd was was killing people at first, but I don't know if that would have worked in the grand. It would have been pretty confusing. It would have been confusing, yeah. And I thought maybe they could have gone there, but then again, I like the idea of just Terry just being this very charismatic, offbeat sort of antithesis to like what we would at that time would know as the slasher and something that we hadn't really seen before. Um, But uh, but yeah. Uh, Terry, Terry dies, Terry, Terry, Jesus, Terry, I didn't even really talk about his death, he gets shot so many times, he gets shot in the head twice, and he's still like, oh my god, and I'm just like, dude, no, you're dead, (laughs) but yeah, I mean, uh, Terry, I I forgot to mention, is the second half of the, uh, the cranberry juice, um, and the, uh, the Gatorade, um, so he falls in the pool, but uh, but yeah, I mean, just that last that last shot of Todd just holding up against the wall and just looking back, and everybody's dead. That's rough, man. I'm Todd. <laughs> I'm Todd. I'm Todd. I'm Todd. I'm Todd. Yeah, that that was that's tough, but yeah, I I think overall the twin dynamic is interesting. I hadn't seen that before. I think it's an interesting way to go about the whole familial. I I love. I I do really like the 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 try and and the dynamic and sort of the 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 idea and the sort of the subversion of that um familial uh lineage storyline that I think is the, there was a lot they were trying to bring to this this film um may not be have been the best execution but I mean it was a fun mess to watch. It was hey, hey that's a, that's a good that's a good it's a good way to put it. It is it is a fun mess to watch, which is usually what uh, births a cult film. So it definitely has the cult film qualities and all that. But yeah, overall, I like the I like the idea. It's very interesting. It's not. Yeah, it's, I was gonna say it's not as complex as you you might think, but it def, does definitely get a little complicated, and you you're kind of left with more questions than anything but i think it's all kind of left up to what you 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 want to think happened and what you think is going to happen afterwards but yeah but uh yeah that's uh that's madman's uh mosa todd didn't actually kill anybody but you know he, you gotta fit them both under that umbrella i mean can't talk about one without the other you can't the same actor <laughs> <laughs> there is there is that too um but uh but yeah so do you have anything else that you would like to say about I it, it is interesting that I I genuinely was curious like th- thinking throughout the film like is this the same actor or is this um you know 
two different people. Yeah. And I mean, there's not many interactions, but you still don't really pick up on it. It fooled me. That's for sure. It did. Um, but yeah, Mark, he, I think he did a good job. I, I would like to interview him. Um, maybe we should get him on the pod. <laughs> Wonder how easy he is to reach. Maybe we'll have to come IMDb pro member so we can contact his agent. Um, all right. So we just had our mimosas and we're sort of nearing the close here. So before we, uh, we head on to, uh, to our refill section, let's head over to the, uh, the punch bowl and, uh, let's put on our dancing shoes and let's grab a little prom night punch so we can talk about our favorite moments. Mm. Okay. I want to thank you. Thank you for helping me become what I am today. <laughs> Wasted. <laughs> so, I've got my glass in hand. Thank you, Isaiah. You let me go to the bathroom, and you were kind enough to go to the bowl and get some punch for me, too. I love it. You can tell that our, uh, that our, that our, uh, our uh, sleazy classmate, um, I don't know, Skid, spiked the punch. Um Skids. I don't know. That's just who it spiked the punch of prom. But um, favorite moment, Isaiah? Do you have one? There's so many moments. There's a lot I, of moments. It's, it's hard to. I feel of... like you're gonna mention a moment and be like, "Oh yeah, that one was my favorite." Actually, let's see here. I mean, the Brad death was pretty, pretty jarring for me. You know, that was interesting. Um, I, I think I, I'm gonna have to go with the killings, and I think the Brad one was the the one that stood out to me the most. Well, I mean, I'm glad you I'm glad you took one of the kills because it would have been very hard for me to uh, come up with any other thing. But Brad does have an interesting death. It's it's definitely the tone setter, I think. It's because it sets the tone and then it comes back to the death. Like there was more that happened in this death than you realized. It definitely sort of uh, is a testament to this idea that this film carries, in that it it is all about sort of showing you the aftermath rather yeah. than the actual killing. Because there's literally one maybe like uh, the instance with with uh with with Jackie and then with Andrea well you don't see Andrea so Jackie and uh you do see it with uh Artie but there's a lot of there's more moments where you're, you're where the the killing is implied and left up to the imagination um which I think is cool so Brad's Brad's a cool death so and, and that, so that's your favorite moment yeah I I mean if, if we're going like it's a slasher. I gotta. I feel like I gotta pick the my favorite death, and that that was definitely my favorite. Well, if you're going with the with that, then I'm going to go with probably what I would have gone with the whole entire time, and I think it's just the ending sequence. The what? The ending. The ending. Ending sequence, and I think it's just a culmination of just the vibe and the atmosphere of the indoor pool. It's just that that it's just such a uh, a fun environment. I don't know what it is. But it's just very alluring, very like dreamlike almost with just the water and everything. And just like what that whole scene, I think that when when Terry and uh, Todd like fight in the water, which I guess would have been like doubles, like one was yeah, a stunt double. Um, but uh, but when they're fighting in the water, I thought that was kind of kind of cheesy. But pretty much the majority of the ending there with I think from the moment that Maddie comes in, shoots Terry and sits down everything after that moment is probably my favorite no, i mean you really do not expect that kind of ending no and and would you say this movie is nearly as interesting without its ending no well 
how would this movie not have an interesting ending though? I mean, you'd really have to f it up. Um, they w- what would she have come in, shot him, and then it would have been like Terry or no Todd? I believe you. That would have yeah, been. that would have been it. Yeah, I'm glad they didn't go that way. I mean, which would have been okay. I I think the movie would have been okay, but I think the ending definitely kind of helps it stay somewhat more mentionable. It would have been more hopeful, definitely. Yeah. Optimistic. But I kind of like the idea of just sort of this nihilistic, sad, bleak ending. But it, it just fits the vibe of the entire movie of just off the wall, like, chaos. This movie is not in any way fixated on the idea of happy endings. No. I mean... As you know, the, I mean, the, all of the sex scenes are 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 broken up, so happy endings just aren't really <laughs> not a thing. But uh, but yeah, all right. So we've got one more stop before we get to our nightcap, Isaiah. We're gonna head on over. Uh, we've got our uh, uh, our prominent punch in hand. Let's head on over to the punch bowl again for a refill, and uh, where we give our sequel pitches. Number one, the body count is always bigger. Number two. Death scenes are always much more elaborate. More blood, more gore. Carnage, candy. Your core audience just expects it. And number three, if you want your sequel to become a franchise, never, ever... How do we find the killer, Randy? That's what I want to know. All right, so uh, we got our refills. We got our uh, punch or whatever the hell you have in your hand. And uh, I don't know anymore. (laughs) What? I don't know what I have in my hand anymore. Oh my god, this man is crazy. Um, so we're uh, we're 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 gonna put ourselves in the uh, the 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 writers the writers chair, and we're gonna we're gonna pitch an idea, um, a sequel pitch, um, for uh, Blood Rage. Um, so Isaiah, you said you had an idea. Well, I mean, I have a start of idea. That's all you need. You need a spark. What is it? I mean, we forget. It's like I mean. Todd, I don't, I don't think there's more of a story there. You know, I, I don't. He's either gonna get pinned on the murder, or, um, yeah, you know, he's he doesn't really have much after this. So, what, what other way you're gonna go? I think you go with the baby, who might arguably have the most tragic of the tales here. I mean, baby, so he don't really know what's going on. But I mean, the the mother probably had primary custody, and. She, I, we don't know if there's a father in picture or or not, but she's tragically murdered. So are you saying that you just followed the baby and this this drama? Oh no 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 no! We bring back a slasher. Who's the slasher? Okay, um, maybe the baby thinks Todd did it. <laughs> okay, and he comes back for <laughs> when Todd's older. God, Todd has such a shitty life. <laughs> I, I, I like the idea of that's definitely a uh, a producer's pitch there. Um, I said writer originally. Maybe I'm a little intoxicated. I don't know. But uh, so is there any more to that? You know, we, it follows the baby. So so I'm following. I, I'm thinking any way you go, you got to go with the baby. And there's some kind of revenge tale. Whether it be Todd directly, who don't even know whether or not he did it. Or just, you know, in general, the apartment complex, like that type of like, you know, uh, this thing happened to me, so I'm going to kill everybody else. I don't know. Yeah, right, right, right. I, I think that baby's messed up, and I think something's going to happen. 
well, I think that baby obviously is not going to remember what happened, but it might be messed up by the aftermath of it. Yeah. A lot like, you know, the aftermath is. So we don't know who's going to take care of that baby now. All right. So for me, I'm probably going to go in a little bit more of a trashy direction. Okay. Um, I really still don't know, but I'm going to come up with this on the fly. So we pick up immediately where we left off. Okay. I think that Karen has run out with the baby. Todd is left in the pool hall. And essentially what happens is this turns into a, uh, a fugitive situation where he's okay. on the run. But basically the law enforcement that's after him are these bumbling police officers that are like evil and wrong and killing off people that look like him along the way. <laughs> that look like him? And so it, it sort of has this weird... Uh, modern approach to it where the slasher becomes like the cops and and Todd just can't help but find himself in these situations where he's been wrongfully accused and um, maybe they they don't think that Karen is a as a maybe Karen goes insane and she doesn't have a uh, a sound enough witness testimony um, and she just goes crazy. And uh, then it's just a fugitive film, and it's just him running throughout the streets of Jacksonville um, while the while the police chase after him and, you know, uh, wrongfully kill people that look like him in the name of the law. And I think uh, the slasher with the police along, all along the way. That could work. <laughs> well, I, I don't know about the Karen going crazy. I think she seemed pretty apathetic about the whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if she has much. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Karen's going crazy. I don't know. But that's my pit. That's my sequel pitch. But uh, but yeah, I think we did a good job. I think we yep. did a good job, and I think we got uh, somebody hire us. <laughs> I mean, mine's pretty half baked. <laughs> it's half baked. It's a baby. <laughs> it's a baby. It's in the baby stages. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I think if there's anything that we need to do, we need to be responsible for uh, helming the sequel to this this beloved movie. Um, that would be funny. Um, all right, well, Isaiah, we've pretty much made it. Oh, yeah. We we we've, we've examined a lot of of if not every nook and cranny, most of of 1987s slash 1983s. Blood Lake. Oh my God! I said Blood Lake. Jesus <laughs> Christ! Which is a movie that I that I really like. Actually, if you guys Blood Lake's on Tubi, um, and I wanna I wanna have an episode on Blood Lake later on. Um, so yeah, so spoiler. Totally meant to say that. Um, Blood Rage. Um. Slash complex slash slash slasher um, slash nightmare at at Shadow Woods. Let's head on to Hollis, the bartender, and let's grab ourselves an nightcap for our final thoughts. Let's go, dude. We're leaving without you. Hey, you guys ready and back? Guys, what the hell is he smoking? All right. Goodbye, people. Goodbye, smog. Hello, freedom. All right, Isaiah, so we have arrived. We've got our nightcap in hand. Hollis is uh, really pissed. He's motioning, get the hell out of here. We're closing up. He's singing, closing time. Final thoughts, Isaiah. And a one to five slasher tonic shot rating for this film. Go. So we've kind of, (laughs) we've uh, discussed, it's kind of a jumbled mess, but a fun mess to watch. It's Mm. like, you know, a wreck that you can't stop watching. Mm-hmm. Um, so for that fact, 
like Crash, one of your favorite movies. Stop. Do not talk about Crash. That is the worst movie ever made. I could I could do a full episode on that if you wanted me to. I, <laughs> no, we won't do that. Go on. Anyway, uh, I, I'd have to say it, it's got some abnormal elements to the story. It, it's worth watching. But, I mean, you can't straight up give it like a, a five out of five here. So, I'm going to have to go a solid three slash tonics out of five. Slash tonic shots out of five. Slash tonic shots. Ah, geez, Isaiah. Well, you did it. Um, this will be the second. This will be the second episode of the three that we've recorded so far, where I am going to have the same rating <laughs> as the co-host. So I'm gonna give it three slash tonic shots. I mean, it's a middle of the road. Like, I mean, it's like. Well, we well, are. I mean, it's slightly above. We are different in how we. I do not see this as a middle of the road. I, because I, because in context, I will say this. I think that, yes, it is a hodgepodge of a lot of different things. It's a tonal mess, a disaster in certain areas, but also a very fascinating uh, uh, alternative. I've, I've heard the word transgressive thrown around, a transgressive piece. And I think that when you, if, it, if this movie was made in 19, it was filmed in like 1986, um, and may, you know, released in 1987. I think it has a different connotation to it in a post Nightmare on Elm Street world and where the slasher was sort of nearing kind of its, its, its the end of its original run. Um, I think that given that this film was made in 83, conceived in 83, and all the things that it has going for it when it comes to Terry and just his offbeat nature and Maddie and just the performance that, 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 you know, Louise gives and just the, 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 the special effects, the makeup. I mean, a lot of that's half of what you go to these things for is to, to see those, those, those things in a very sadistic way. Um, I don't, I, it's very weird why you, it's like going on a log flume, you know, you're not actually happy to see this. It's just like one of those things where it's just like, it's just horror and it's, you could do a podcast on why people love horror and stuff like that. But, um, I would say that in the grand scheme of things and just given its time and all of its, all of its, the culmination, culmination of its awkward, oftentimes comedic and, and unhinged parts. I think that it's, it's a fun one in context. And I think that it's, it's a cult film and it's very alternative and, uh, all those factors there, not a five out of five by any means. No, no. But I think it definitely is worthy of being in the conversation of of some of the top dogs from that time period and of the fringe slashers from that time period. So three slasher tonic shots in agreement. Look at that. Yeah, I, I don't think there's an argument there. Well, good because we're not going to argue. What we're going to do now is we're going to say goodbye, but not without plugs. Isaiah, where can people find you? Can they find you on any social media platforms? <laughs> where can they find me? I'm yeah. pretty hard to find. I have a Facebook. That's about it. He, he has a Facebook. Um, Maybe one day I'll get Instagram again. I don't know. Yep, yep. You have a letterbox. I know you don't use it a lot. I, I do have a letterbox. I use it every now and then. How can people find you on there? I, I, I think it's just my name. I don't know. What's your name? Isaiah Dance. Yes, yeah, so go to Letterbox, look up Isaiah Dance. I mean, I, I, I'm trying to get him to post more, but um, yeah, there's uh, my plugs. Um, 
geez, I, I'm I'm on Twitter, but I'm not on Twitter, if you know what I'm saying. Um, at Troy's Cardigan, I'm on Instagram at Troy Roulette. I'm on Facebook at Troy Roulette, but I'm never on Facebook. And uh, but I am on Letterboxd. I, I love Letterboxd. You can find me at Troy Roulette on there. Um, uh, my profile picture is me with a frisbee on my head, and uh, uh, I've been been watching a lot of slashers recently and uh, all that. But uh, my God, Isaiah, we did it. We made it through, and we, 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 we broke down this film, and I think it broke us down, too. I mean, yeah. (laughs) But we're okay. We're out on the other side. Terry has not gotten to us. We have not been wrongly accused for murder. And I think, you know what, we might, we might need to do a send-off, Isaiah. Let's do a send-off. Send-off. It's It's not not cranberry cranberry sauce. sauce. Bye, everyone. Thank you.